Our second reading comes from the book of Exodus. In the 12th chapter, the 12th chapter is extremely long as well. So we'll be reading the first 14 verses. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark for you the beginning of the months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on this 10th of the month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household, if a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided into, in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it in twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall, not let, you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. And on, the, and all, on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well interesting passage. Lots of things to make sure we attend to. The Jewish tradition attends to these and retells this story on a yearly basis. Right before this, as I was sharing with the children, we had Moses who had um, seen a burning bush and felt called by God to stand out on holy ground. Did not feel that he could speak, so convinced God to bring Aaron, his brother, to come and talk for him. And the two of them went together to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. God has come. Yahweh has come and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, sure, and then takes it back. And then we hear of different plagues, as Jude reminded us this morning, of slimy frogs and flies. The Nile River turns to blood. It's terrible. Things are happening all over the land, and yet Pharaoh will not relent. He will not agree. And finally, God comes and says to Moses, I will strike down the firstborn. But here is how the people will be saved. What I find interesting in this passage is that 
It starts with the ritual. It starts with the story. It starts with how do we remember this time instead of starting with the actual plague. Instead of going through the land and striking the firstborns, we are taught and told how we are to remember this time. How are we to prepare a meal? Another interesting thing is how God tells us, you shall eat it with your loins girded, sandals on your feet, a staff in your hand, and you shall eat hurriedly. This is a a meal of anticipation, a meal on the ready. And now, when I have been to a Passover, it is a long evening, joyous, full of laughter, seemingly lots of courses, but to remind us of this story, that this is part of who we are, where we've come from. But really, it was a meal of uncertainty. Will God fulfill this promise to pass over our household? Will God deliver us from Pharaoh? Will we really leave Egypt? We're packed and ready to go. We're eating on the ready. Will this happen? And it does. Weeping and wailing happen all throughout the night as all over Egypt the firstborns are killed. And yet, the Israel families are saved. And they are free. And in Pharaoh's grief, and maybe in just wanting to give up, he says, take them, go, go. And they begin a new journey. They begin to travel out into the desert. And so this night marks this time of wondering, will we be free? Will we actually get to go? And yet, it's also a passage full of hope, full of community. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor. So here, God is saying, look out for your kindred. Look out for your neighbor. Bring them in. Provide food for them. Bring them into this community. There's hope that we'll do this together. There's family in this. There's the promise that God will deliver. There's this intimate bonding. When we experience something in in tragedy, when we experience something that's traumatic, we experience great grief or loss, we sometimes, we mostly come together. We've had a shared experience. Sometimes we are torn apart, but as a community, God wants us to be together, to share that story. And so Israel and the Jewish people have continued to share this story, marking this festival of time. A few years ago, I was invited to a woman's Seder. Our church in Louisville um, had a, relation, had a partnership, a relationship with a Jewish synagogue down the road, and they invited all the women for a Jewish Seder, a woman's Seder, highlighting some women rabbi, telling different stories, pointing out that women are often left out of this passage, bringing Miriam into the tradition and the ritual. And 
The room was full, full of laughter and joyousness, and even as we tasted the bitter herbs and were reminded of the, of the slavery that happened, that people were in bondage, and this was a night before freedom, there was hope and excitement that this would not have to continue, not then and not now. Walked away with new friendships, new relationships, finding common ground that we hadn't seen before, remembering so many have been oppressed, so many have not been given have not been given their bodies as their own, their land as their own. And to be reminded that God has bigger promises, that God comes and delivers all of us, but mostly delivers those who have been under oppression, those who have been subjected to cruel punishment, to not be seen as human, that God comes and delivers them. I look back at that Passover meal I got to share with these ladies and think what a unique space. Oftentimes in the Christian tradition, we do a Passover meal of some, we call it a Seder, and we do that on Monday, Thursday. Because we get a lot of our communion ritual from this very passage from this very tradition in the Jewish culture. But to be, it's one thing to be in a Seder as a Christian in a church, and another to be in the Jewish community and hearing the stories and the prayers from a different place, a different place of, of oppression, a different place of um, worship, just an understanding of, 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 a, of difference. And yet, see the common ground that we both have. In our family, in our small nuclear family, um, with Eric and the kids and I, we often ask, where were you brave today? Where did you make a mistake or, or fail? We're trying to figure out that wording. Um, and where were you kind? And. Uh, and we have this little ritual. And so I've been gone to Colorado and I've come home and, and we sit down to dinner and we ask, where were you kind? Well, I don't know where I was kind today. Okay, but ask me, mom, ask me where I was brave today. Where was I brave? And so we have this ritual, this little tradition in our family that now as the kids have gotten older, they're excited to share. They want to be asked the question. They want to be seen as brave and kind, because if they can't come up with something that they internally know, Eric and I try to notice where they were kind, notice where they were brave today. And Eric and I try to model where we have had a mistake or where we have not been some of those, so that we don't always have all the, the good, kind, and brave times, but we also acknowledge that sometimes we mess up. But I like this because we as a family are trying to do something, trying to instill reflection, trying to find moments where we are kind or brave or have messed up, and that we all hear each other's story. 
some tradition that we want to pass on to our children. Many traditions that we do, but one at the dinner table of having this kind of conversation. And I think about how God has wanted us to share in this Passover meal, to share in this Passover meal with our um, brothers and sisters in the Jewish tradition, of being able to keep the story alive, to remember that God comes in our darkest moments, that God comes and hears our cry, and it may not look like we think it will. For the people thought, well, surely Pharaoh will give it up for the, the slimy frogs and the terrible flies. He's going to let us go. This is terrible. Look at the land. It is being eaten alive by locusts. What are we doing? And he says, no. And it looks different. How God answers our prayers. But God hears us. God promises to be with us. At this Passover meal, we are reminded also of our communion table. In this church, we celebrate on the second Sunday of the month, which we'll do next week. But at the communion table, Jesus sat there um, during Passover, um, when Jesus was alive, and sat with his disciples and shared bread and wine and then he expands the table. He also talks about in his ministry who should be at this table with us. Who is at this table? Is it our neighbor? And who are our neighbors? Is it the ones who are not hungry? Yes, they bring in bringing them and continues to bring people to the table. Now, sometimes communion can be a little bit solemn, a place of reflection, becomes rote, something we do, somewhere we sometimes don't remember why we are doing it. So I'd invite you this next week to think about this week, where, where are those moments where you have seen God's promise to you to God's people, where have you seen that in your life? And come next week to the communion table, knowing where you have seen God, to celebrate where you have seen God. As in the Passover meal of our Jewish brothers and sisters, we see that this is a celebratory time, that we remember this freedom, we remember deliverance, we remember family, we come together. And that our communion table should be just as joyous, just as festive. Today is a big day, first Sunday, second day of February. Anybody know what's happening today? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, yes. So the same thing happens every second of February. I didn't even say the groundhog's name, but he pops up, right? And we decide if we're going to have six more weeks of winter. Pot, yeah, I also can't say his name. Or six more weeks until spring. Kind of sound the same to me. But even this morning, I said, like, oh, yeah, it's Groundhog's Day. Eh, okay. 
In our culture, it's kind of this funny cultural ritual we do. And for some people, it's a big deal. You know, I know that there's a, a groundhog, I think, out at Howell that there's a big day out here. You know, out on the East Coast, we have our groundhog. But it's become kind of rote for me. I don't want communion or the rituals of our community of faith to become rote, like Groundhog's Day to me. That's great. It's a Groundhog's Day. I want communion to be alive. I want it to be something where a place where we meet God at the table. That we remember that God remembers us when we cry out. That we take this meal with anxious hope, ready for a new beginning. The other big thing today, I'm sure you all don't know that I know this, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. I am aware of that. Um, Eric and I had a little back and forth about when it changed the first Sunday in February as opposed to the last in January. But um, I'm much older and wiser than him and remember that that was a thing. But that too, at least in my house, it's kind of rote. Like it's Super Bowl Sunday. Not Super Bowl, I mean, it's not rote when it's the Chiefs. I get that. They haven't been in the Super Bowl in, what, 50 years? So um, we have good friends who actually flew to Kansas City to be with family to, to celebrate. But um, I don't want the rituals of our community to become rote cultural rituals that we do. To be full of life to be reminded of where God is. That God comes to us in our suffering, in our oppression. God says, I will pass over you. No plague shall destroy you. This shall be a day of remembrance for you. And you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. We should celebrate as a festival to the Lord that God has remembered us and has pulled us up out of the dark. I'm reminded that God also brings up leaders even when we don't think they're around. Moses and Aaron were called up, brought up when they didn't know that they were going to be the two, and I'd like to throw Miriam in there since that's their sister, the three of them to lead the people. It wasn't a plan. They weren't thought of. I mean, Moses was when he was brought up in Pharaoh's house as his, as his son and, or his grandson and was going to be a leader. But then leaves and runs out to the wilderness and does not want to have anything to do with that. And yet God says, no, you will come and lead my people. And so when there are moments when we are feeling like there is no there is no answer, when we may feel like, like the Israelites in Egypt, where are you, God? Where are we to find hope? Why are we under this oppression? Why are we being treated horribly? God is working. God is working to bring up people like Moses and Aaron and Miriam to bring them up so they can lead us to freedom. I find great hope in that, as I know that this community makes it anxious, in anxious hope 
of who will be the next pastor. God is already working, friends, and has been. Has been building up somebody or somebodies to come and to lead this community. I invite you also this week to know that God is working and that we are to sit with anxious hope. I want us to be ready to anticipate that God will remember us. God will pass over us and will lead us to salvation.